Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. I want to talk today just for a few minutes on how you can have a sweet new year. We're learning about the Bible holidays. We're learning about Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, the appointed time. It's an annual celebration. I kind of feel bad having been a Christian for 35, however long it is. I lost count. Don't don't get your calculator out. (laughs) That I missed out on a bunch of this. Thank God for Pastor Larry for the vision that he had to help us understand Judeo-Christianity and what it means to be grafted in. So turn and tell somebody, Happy New Year. And turn and tell someone else, it's time for your new beginning. Now check this out. Bible history teaches that many powerful events have occurred on Rosh Hashanah, which technically begins tonight at sundown. On Rosh Hashanah, the world was created. God created the world on Rosh Hashanah. So there's great creative power available for you and I to tap into during this Moedim. On Rosh Hashanah, all the patriarchs were born, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which is telling us that God is ready to birth a new thing in your life. Amen? On Rosh Hashanah, Joseph received his freedom from prison and went from the prison to the palace in a twinkling of an eye. That means that destinies on Rosh Hashanah, for some of you, anybody got faith here to believe for miracles, somebody's destiny is going to change today. And on Rosh Hashanah is when God halted all the slavery in Egypt. That means whatever's been blocking your blessing, whatever's been restricting you, hindering you, whatever demonic force, power, principality that's trying to restrict you, he's going down to Chinatown. (laughs) You know, in in a, a lot of ways, you could consider Rosh Hashanah as God encouraging us With this message, it's never too late to begin again. You're not too old. The train hasn't left the station. There's there's still time for you to do some things for the Lord so that it will be credited to your heavenly account. That's why when the books are open and your name comes up, You got a good report there, a good resume. Anybody ever have a resume? Can't fudge God's resume. (laughs) Can't embellish God's resume. 
So you might as well just, and when we do the apples and honey here in just a minute, this is a great time to sow a special offering, to bring your tithe, catch up on your tithe, and sow into being a blessing to someone else. And uh, that way you're laying up treasures in heaven. God sees that and he says, okay, they're willing to put their money where their mouth is. I got a few amens here. Can I get an amen over there? Can I get an amen over here? Amen. So thank God we're in a divine moment. And no devil can stop us. If I were you, I would not mention what the devil's doing for the rest of the day. How about for the rest of your life? (laughs) And so our Jewish counterparts see Rosh Hashanah as a beautiful picture of God's love. It's never too late to begin again. It's a new year. Hallelujah. There's new possibilities. That potential that is in you is ready to come forth like a river of living water. You have great potential. Turn and tell somebody, you have great potential. And God has a great plan for your life. He's not going to show all uh, the plan right now because it would blow you away if you could see the full meal deal. But if you'll take another step of faith during this season, God will reveal more of his plan. One of our favorite scriptures around here is Jeremiah 29.11. You know Jeremiah 29, I get a lot of amens and yeses. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Oh, come on. And not to harm you. It's not God doing the damage. But plans to give you a hope and a future. Someone declare, I have a future. So Rosh Hashanah has always been this time symbolically representing a time where you're breaking free. We sang that song, Break Every Chain. That's true. Every spiritual chain. Well, what happened in the past? Pastor's God, you don't know what they did, what happened. It doesn't matter. God says don't live your life driving in the rearview mirror. Look ahead, possibilities, potential, the love of God, the wisdom of God, the favor of God, the blessing of God. Man, that's a good deal. Amen? Colossians 2.17 says that all the Bible holidays are a shadow of things to come, a shadow of things to come. Now, in uh, much of Christianity, that was meant to be derogatory, but it's not meant to be derogatory. A shadow uh, in Hebrew, the deeper meaning of shadow means to elevate ourselves to a higher level. Bam. Or if you prefer, boom. That's where God wants to take you and I. That's the plan, Stan, to take you to a higher level. Amen. Anybody want to go to a higher level in God? 
But the higher level doesn't happen automatically. I wish it did. I wish it happened by osmosis. Look, I can just come sit in a pew and kind of hang out and, uh, you know, just kind of be a casual dude in the, the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden, I'm going to a higher level. No, you're not. God has grace. He loves us all. You, you, you get things you don't deserve and you don't get things you do deserve. But God needs a willing partner. See, this is where a lot of times the grace message goes astray. That we think that God gives us an opt-out card. Well, there's nothing I have to do. What do you expect? Me to do something? <laughs> no, he wants to empower you to go to a higher level. That's what the high holidays are all about. You're realizing, oh, man, I've got the wrong priorities, and i got to get shift some things around and, and really start putting God first. Yeah. That's called Teshuvah, the season of Teshuvah. The shofar blows. It's an alarm clock. It awakes us from our spiritual slumber, and we realize, man, I better get about my father's business because if Jesus comes back and sees I got a puny little resume, how am I going to stand at the pearly gates and uh, hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, when I didn't do anything? <laughs> Y'all look like little Kevin McAllister on Home Alone. So I thought, and we'll do this in just a few minutes, I thought that I would share with you three divine strategies. These are strategies that I live by. And I want to give you three divine strategies for Rosh Hashanah for going into the new year that are going to lead you into the higher level. Amen. Yeah? Is that okay? How many of you want a sweeter new year? All right. Oh, man, I hate that church, New Beginnings. There's always something I have to do, something I have to learn. I want to go to the dumb church <laughs> where they don't learn nothing. <laughs> All right. Amen. If you can't say amen, just say, oh, me. All right, so number one, three things you can do for a sweeter new year. Number one, set smart goals. Right? This is the time to reexamine priorities, to review whether we're heading in God's direction or the Fleetwood Mac direction. You're going your own way. It's a good time to establish some goals. The world calls them New Year's resolutions. But these are priorities, objectives, targets that God wants you to aim at. And you begin to start doing more and more of the things that the Bible lays out, and all of a sudden, more and more things start uh, going your way. Things start working out for you when you do it God's way. Yeah? Are we okay with that? There's some things that God's put in your heart he wants you to accomplish. And one of those things that you may not be hearing the voice of God, he wants you and me to become better versions of ourselves. You're not the best you can be yet. 
There's still more for you to accomplish, more for you to achieve, more for you to become. We're not so much human beings, we're human becomings. Chew on that. Great business leaders will tell you that every great achievement comes from setting goals. Goals form your vision for life. They're targets, as we said, you're aiming at. The Bible says that if you don't have a prophetic vision of God's word, you're on your way to perishing. I don't want that. Newsflash, don't be that guy. Right? But with a vision, a prophetic vision of the word of God operating in your life, there's no limit. And there's no boundary. Somebody should write a book, No Limits, No Boundaries. Oh, Pastor Tiz wrote that book. Good book. You want to go to a higher level? Yeah. You need to be in sync, not the boy band. You need to be in sync with the word of the living God. He's already ordained some things. He's preordained some things. And you keep trying to do it your way. No, I want to go this way, God. And God's saying, that ain't the way I've ordained for you. And now you're frustrated and it just doesn't seem like things are clicking. Why? Because you need to look back into your heart, get with the Holy Ghost, get with the word and say, Father, where am I missing it? I know you want to take me to a higher level. Amen. Proverbs 16, 9 says, we should make plans, counting on God to direct us. We should make plans, but we also need to count on God to direct us. Believers, make some plans. Believers, set some goals. Believers, get in partnership with the Lord. If you reverse this scripture, it could say, count on God to direct us when we're making our plans. Count on God to direct you, businessman, businesswoman. Count on God to direct you in your school, young people. Some of you have president written all over you. We did a bar mitzvah yesterday for a a young man at 16. He's got potential, possibility, and president written all over him. God's an old respecter of persons, is he? Amen? All right. Are we doing good or are you bored? Tell the truth. Number two, sow good seed into good soil. Divine strategy two. Number one, set smart goals. Number two, sow good seed into good soil. That's going to lead you into a higher life, a sweeter new year. Amen? God has some ironclad laws. Gravity? Ever heard of gravity? Sowing and reaping is an ironclad law. God said in Genesis 8 that for all the time that man is on the earth, there's going to be seed, time, and harvest. Jesus said in Mark 4 that the whole kingdom operates as a man sows seed in the ground. Amen? 
And so once you put that into action and you get on the right side of that law, sowing some good things, amen, then you get some good harvest. When somebody says, I never get no harvest, you're telling on yourself, I never get any harvest. <laughs> you just told on yourself. That, because God will be no man's debtor. God is not a liar. God doesn't make promises. And then he kind of had his fingers crossed behind his back when he said, I'm going to bless you if you'll be a blessing. No, not really. In modern vernacular, you could say it this way. What you sow is what you get. Yeah? What you sow is what you get. Or to say it this way, you sow toward where you want to go. If you want to go to that higher level, you need to sow into that higher level. With some time, with your talent, with your treasury, you're sowing to where you want to go, sowing toward your harvest. All right? So for a sweeter new year, you have to determine that I'm going to be an abundant giver. Especially into the things that God values most. God values you the most. Sowing into yourself, investing into you, instead of being the hamster on the wheel, being like Mongo, you're just a blink in the great eyeball of life. No, you are a child of the king. There is nothing that will be impossible for those that believe. You can do all things through the Messiah who will strengthen you and give you wisdom and knowledge and favor and blessing. But you need to sow into that. Okay? Are we all right? For marriages, for family, how do you spell love? T-I-M-E. How do you spell love to have a better family, a better marriage, a better relationship. T-I-M-E, time. Yeah, time. Sow seeds of time. Come on, somebody. And of course, this concept of sowing and reaping, it overlaps into every area of our life. You sow toward where you want to go not only with your time, but with your talent and your treasury. Take charitable giving, for instance. Set a goal for how much you're going to give into the kingdom to bless the widows and the orphans, to make a difference in the world. Stop giving Jeff Bezos and Amazon all your money. I'm a Prime member, and I spent $7,000 this year. <laughs> well, good for you. Glad you had the money. How much did you give the Lord? Uh, $2. So you gave Amazon 7000 and you gave the Lord $2. Wow, you're sowing for where you want to go. You're seeking the wrong things. 
And God is blowing the trumpet in Zion, sounding the alarm. There's a judgment day coming. It doesn't have to be a bad judgment. It can be a good judgment. We award you $1 million in your civil lawsuit. Judgment in your favor. You have to think of it that way. I assure you this. I've been here many moons that New Beginnings and Larry Huck Ministries will always put your offering to work in a charitable way. We are good stewards. We're not wasting that money. We are changing the world. If you were here last week, you saw a little about that. And so when you support these kind of things uh, and you sow bountifully into this vision, God is going to reward you bountifully. That's the deal. Number three, and the last thing, before we take the apples and honey together, it's the third and final strategy for a sweeter new year. We're still good on wanting a sweet new year. Sorry for some of you that didn't want to do anything. But for those of us that want to go to the next level, who is that again? Can I hear somebody? I'm going to the next level. You need to have the attitude you're going to be the sharpest knife in the drawer. Sharpen your saw. Whatever spiritual or personal or professional or financial goals you have, they're going to eventually come to pass because you're sharp. Yeah? Iron sharpens iron. A sharp spiritual life, yeah. A sharp family life, yeah. A sharp financial life and so forth. This means you got to be on your A game, spirit, soul, and body. I can assure you this, the devil is working overtime to try to disrupt your, God's plans for you and your future. He goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But he ain't devouring me. As for me and my house, as for me and New Beginnings and the New Beginnings family, uh-uh. So this means you have to spend some time sharpening your sword, sharpening your saw, sharpening your axe. I don't know if Abraham Lincoln actually said this, but uh, it's reported that he once said, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I'll spend the first four sharpening my axe. What a great bit of advice. Some of us are like the hamster on the wheel. And we're just working and we're just so busy and we don't really know where we're going. We're not necessarily getting anywhere and, and, and we don't take any time to invest in ourselves and learn some of the things of God that are deeper than just John 3.16. If all you have is John 3.16, hallelujah. But it's a big book. <laughs> God's got lots to say. And hearing always comes before healing or receiving. And so when you sharpen your skills, you're enhancing the greatest asset you have. You. You're the greatest asset you have. You. 
How many of you are self-employed? A couple hands. That's a trick question. We're all self-employed. Each one of us is a CEO of our own life. I am Scott Sigmund Incorporated. And every project, every ministry, everything I do is a personal reflection on me. And so I aims to do it with quality. I aims to do it excellently. I aims to hit a mark that's higher up than it was last year, three years ago. How about you? How about you? Let's go for this thing. Look, I know that the world is moving at the speed of sound and things are at a feverish pace. Pastor was talking about this uh, in his sermon that the devil's plan is to wear out the saints of the most high. And we just, sometimes we just feel so tired. I'm exhausted. It's not wrong to be busy. A busy lifestyle can be a good thing. But if you're just so busy working for the world and not working on yourself and your relationship with the Lord and working on spiritual things, not just material things. Ever heard that thing about God and mammon? Yeah. I, I love the late, great Stephen Covey in Seven Habits. And, and he said, wouldn't it be a bummer to be climbing the ladder of success only to realize your ladder is leaning against the wrong wall? And that's where often we find ourselves. Our priorities are out of whack. And so God blows the shofar, or James does. <laughs> or Andy, where's Andy? Andy blew the shofar in Torah study this morning. God bless you. So don't spend the bulk of your time on low-value, unimportant things. Like keeping your social media up to date is okay, but that's not your life. That's not the sum total of who you are. And oftentimes the high-value things take the back seat. You can't differentiate. It's just coming at you like water out of a fire hose. And you can't differentiate. This is where the Lord says, on my calendar, there's an appointed time to slow down, examine yourself. Where are you spending all your time, all your money? What are you doing with your life? And if you're finding you're giving more to the world than you are to God, God says, look, I'm going to help you change. I'll give you the power to change that. You just got to be a willing partner. Yeah? Amen? In other words, let's be sure that the glittery things, the shiny object things, us business people understand some of that. You're chasing glittery things, shiny things. But that may not be real gold. That may be fool's gold. When you chase after the things of God, that's never fool's gold. That's the genuine, authentic thing. Chasing after the things of God. So 
as we begin the new year, the trumpet is sounding. I, I encourage us all to spend some, some time sharpening our saw, sharpening our acts, improving ourselves, and focusing on the things that really count. Amen. Well, if you receive that this morning, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. All right. So in just a moment, we're going to have you come and uh, receive the apples and honey. It's, as Pastor said, a traditional celebration. It symbolizes the harvest. It symbolizes God wanting you to have a blessed new year, a sweet new year. Are you ready for that? A blessed and sweet new year. But before I have you come, I want to remind you of this. This is a good time to sow your tithe and offering. And you can put that in the basket as you come. But I also want to read the next scripture that uh, we just read uh, earlier out of Numbers and the shofar. Not only will God rescue us, but it says in Numbers 10.10, blow the trumpets in times of gladness too, sounding them at your annual festivals and at the beginning of each month. That's right now and blow the trumpet over your burnt offerings and peace offerings. The trumpet, now watch this, the trumpet will remind your God of his covenant with you. It's not reminding you of your covenant with him. You're putting God in remembrance of his covenant with you. And when he remembers, he's going to, oh man, I just love you so much. I, I'm just going to pour out my blessing on your life. I'm going to open doors of opportunity for you this year. Your income is going to increase. Your medical and legal bills are going to go away. And you're going to be able to spend more time at church, studying the word, being with your church family, enjoying life more, celebrating the goodness of God more. Is anybody want more of that? Are you ready to elevate yourself? into that. So James, come on out. We're going to remind the Lord we got a covenant of blessing. And then you're going to come with the, with your offering and the apples and honey. Brother James, let her rip. Amen. Happy New Amen. Band, take it away. Come forward. Apples and honey on each side. Amen. I kind of missed you. One place to hide this very soul. It's vagabonds. Thank you. Oh, I try it on my mind. But I just yeah, can't yeah, wait yeah. to fight. I'm so in the yeah, yeah. 
the music.